the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by the Green Deco, making your garden beautiful. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast podcast. This is episode 32 and I'm Julia. And I'm still Elaine. And this week we're going out and about on our plots to have a look at what we think is the changing face of allotments. But you'll have to judge that one for yourself. Except this is actually audio, Julia, so how are people going to see our faces? Well, you've written it down. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking it through. We can be descriptive, can't we? You're very descriptive. Let's be Niblighton and all that. Right, Okay. then. So what else? Um, And before we carry on, though, we need to tell people how to get in touch with us. So go on, over to you, Elaine. Okay. then. This could be a good memory test, but Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Potty Plotters. It's almost like we should have a little dance to this, shouldn't we? TikTok at The Potty Plotters. Email us. Naughty Corner at pottyplotters.uk or check out our website, pottyplotters.uk. Thank you. Well done, Elaine. Thank and you. on that note, we have had someone email into us. We've had Kevin Banton email saying, Loving the podcast, keep them up. And if you fancy dropping us a line, go on, yeah. do it. Just Actually, do it. We do, have to do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, answer. we do. We're not always right. Yeah. Well, I am, but we're not always right, maybe. But thanks for Kevin for getting in touch, and yeah, let's everybody go for it. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. What have we been up to this week? Well, it's been a week and a half. Well, actually, on the Sunday, I said to you, this week will be a fortnight in a day, I'm sure, and it was. So what we've done is, if you recall, we took down a greenhouse and we filmed that. So that could be quite funny, but we'll wait and see because that's been worked on. And then we've been picking and giving away flowers. If you remember our friend Tina, she's been across. We're giving them to her. Uh, we've been giving away produce to the fact that still people are running away and shutting the curtains when I approach with a carrier bag full of stuff. I've been making gin. You'll get a speaking part in a minute. OK, so I've been making gin. I've been filling the freezer with bits and pieces and meeting people with allotment problems and adventures that they want to get involved with. So, um, yeah, we did put another greenhouse up as well, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we put another greenhouse up. And actually, it was Kev Plot too. Oh, gosh. And we're going to talk to him later on in this podcast. (laughs) But as well as all that that you've been doing, I've been out. Well, I was out pruning trees for plot holders on site. So uh, it's a good job you weren't here because I know you'd have had your camera because I was like a monkey up that tree pruning it. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing a plum tree for Jan on site. That's nice. Well done, you. And there is lots of fruit because I've already seen everything everywhere but we'll talk about those in a future weeks what we do want to talk about is what cultivated blackberries cultivated blackberries okay then right well i've picked loads and a lot of them are in the freezer if i told you that i've actually done blackberry gin you wouldn't be surprised would you but i have done blackberry gin and um i think that they freeze remarkably well but what i like about cultivated blackberries is they're like two and three times bigger than ordinary blackberries that you can pick on the roadside and i'm sure it'll bring back a lot of memories for a lot of people as kids when we used to go out picking blackberries and eating them and then you find don't you you find that one that's got a little worm in it (laughs) 
warm your mouth don't the cultivated blackberries have the ones i don't know i have to freeze them and if they're in there they'll be very cold (laughs) but we have seen people out and about because we've got a big hedge at the back of the allotment and a big uh, blackberry hedge leading up to the allotment we have seen people delving in there and picking the blackberries but what is the problem with kind of normal blackberries Uh, nothing except they're a little bit smaller uh, and they're very prickly as well on the the stems yeah Yeah, the prickliness oh it makes a massive difference when you can go to your own cultivated blackberries and pick them without having you mean you do get very red sticky hands but you don't get prickled to pieces so all i would say julia is that um i know that we can buy them and that's great but what i would do is actually take cuttings now so it's dead easy if it is that you look at um the stalk itself so the stalk i'm indicating there my hand was going we from are all left yeah, to right. not visual so yes, everybody can see yes <laughs> so what happens is that that stalk will eventually fall onto the floor and it self sets and it grows its own yeah. roots but what you can do is simply cut it above a leaf yeah. okay and what i then do is i strip down the leaves just leaving two on the top and literally cut it um the stalk at an angle like at a v yeah. and then just pop it into some multi-purpose compost and watch what happens when it you, will grow when you're talking about the stem that you're cutting you're talking about the new growth aren't you yeah. not the ones that have had the blackberries on this year no it's the new growth it's got no blackberries but you will find that it's got loads of leaves Brilliant. Have a go. I will. Gin. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by the Green Deco. So now we've done the uh, cultivated blackberries, uh, which I'm going to go and pick because mine are loaded. Uh, I'll go and pick them after this podcast. But another thing, and we don't like to use this, the C word, so early in the season, but we are going to. And what is it, Elaine? <laughs> Christmas, Julia. A Christmas, because we're already thinking about our tummies for Christmas. Yes. And what we're thinking about is our Christmas taters. So a lot of people will have seen them in the garden centres and in the shops that you can get your potatoes for planting now you seed potatoes for planting now and it's the perfect time to do it now we've seen people do this a lot on on the site where they see them in the shops and they bring them back to the allotment and just like normal earlier in the season they put them in the ground but we don't do that with uh, christmas potatoes do we Elaine? no but why not because it's so easy yeah well there's two reasons really first of all um they'll be in the ground quite late on in the season so we're much more at risk of flooding and, and water damage to the potatoes and also we're at risk of a frost then which is no good for potatoes either so that will kill them off and and stop them growing so what we do we get a tub anyone can get like a, a bag for life or an old compost bag fill it about six inches full of compost i've been using my homemade compost for this because we found in trials in the past that that is the one that produces the most potatoes we're using three seed potatoes that we bought in the um in the garden centre and it's a pentland javelin so it's always usually an early or a first early that are planted for Christmas and then we're going to top them with a layer of compost and then we'll leave them outside for the next couple of weeks until the weather starts to change and when it starts to either get really really wet or we start to notice the temperature drop we'll move them inside into the greenhouse and that's really important that people move them into somewhere that's going to protect them. But what about when the tops of the taters, because as soon as they start 
start to grow, yeah. then the tops will start to show through that bit of compost that you yeah. just put on the top. So what you want to do is top that up so you cover the, the greenery until you can't see it anymore. And you keep doing that. Every time it comes through, you keep covering. Until so you're you, covering the new growth? You're covering the new growth all the time until you get to the top of your bucket, your bag or or your compost bag and then you stop and then just allow it to grow and we don't water them while they're outside because we should have enough enough natural water but once you've got them inside your greenhouse perhaps you know you'll have to monitor it but probably about once a week is enough so why are we doing um bought potatoes instead of just like uh, what producer gareth gives us which are those taters have got huge chits on c-h-i-t-s well we could have done them and there'd have been no problem in a bag actually or a um, a bucket because we're not worried about any contamination and they'll produce something fine but we know that the varieties that we're growing are uh, disease free we know that what we're going to get out of them so you know if you've got a few straggly ones in the bottom of your cupboard Gareth you can have a go at planting them but we've been to the garden centre and bought some uh, proper seed potatoes. I suppose what we could do is a little bit of an experiment Gareth's versus bought ones and see which actually come yeah. out um, the most productive. Yeah, yeah. He's a producer, that's production, so his should actually win. He should have more, shouldn't he? Yeah. A Potty Plotters podcast with simple recipes for gluts and guts. So squashes and pumpkins, Elaine. Um, can you remember a while ago we planted the squashes and pumpkins at the front of my plot? And you planted them in mork. Well, you did. <laughs> Because yeah, none of yeah, us would okay. go near it. We meant no, you and do it. No, it was. It was stinking, yeah. wasn't it? But I have seen them. So that's why I was a little bit quiet, which is unusual. Yeah. But I did have a little peep at the squashes just yesterday. Yeah. Now, this weather doesn't suit every plant that we've no. got, but by crikey, they are incredible, aren't they? Yeah, they do. The, squashes and pumpkins absolutely love the water so the more water and we've planted them in in manure so there's loads of nutrients there for them and they are as happy as larry whoever he is but they are happy <laughs> and, and like you say when you peep underneath um there are lots and lots of pumpkins growing so uh what I would say is, I mean, the ones that we planted, we planted them in containers and they're growing across the concrete at the front of my plot, which I inherited. If I could, I'd get it up. But um, they're just travelling there. So the, the pumpkins are just sitting on the concrete and they're quite happy. There's no problem with that. If you were growing them on an open plot or if the pumpkins were growing on the soil, just raise them off the soil. So put something like a brick or a slab or something underneath so that the compost doesn't rot on the soil. But other than that, they're really really happy and, and this season we haven't had to water them at all which is incredible really because usually we're we are throwing yeah. water everywhere down yeah. there aren't we yeah. so we should end up with some really good sized ones as well yeah we will okay will we have them for halloween do you think definitely okay and have you ever grown them from your own seed so you kept the seed from a plant and then planted them on again no no, I've never grown them from my own seed, and that, and the reason I've done that, not done that, is because um, they do tend to cross pollinate. So if you want to guarantee what you're going to get the next year, you need to probably buy uh, one that's come through the seed suppliers process. Okay, because I have had, I mean, I, I had uh, some that 
somebody had obviously saved and they were meant to be Turks turban but when they came out they were a very strange turban if they were a Turks turban because something had obviously cross-pollinated with them so, so that's not fine. recommending it well no you can do it because if that's what you want if you're not bothered about what you produce give it a go mm, bit tricky hints and tips for shortcuts to success the potty plotters podcast We've got some hints and tips for this week then, Julia. And the first one is I've just been out onto my plot and I've been picking these beautiful French beans. They're actually uh, dwarf beans, but they were so easy to pick. And all that I'm going to do is to say to you that if you've got... I mean, they're just so easy to grow, aren't they? It's ridiculous. But all that I do is when I get them home is I put them all at the same length and at the same way it's not an OCD thing <laughs> not at all. I just can't <laughs> I just have to do it this way and then having put all the tops together I just slice them across the top then I put all of the ends together where they've been attached to the plant and chop them off there and then pop them in the bag into the freezer done no blanching no whoever she is she can stay out of it it's going <laughs> straight in that freezer and you can do loads of them like that and they don't come out soggy no try it yeah i think that might save me five minutes of my life it's amazing you know if you were listening to these podcasts julia you could get some hints and tips from them (laughs) the plotcast podcast with the potty plotters sponsored by the green deco this episode of the podcast is being brought to you by the green deco suppliers of plants and shrubs to the trade and public at unbelievable prices find them by searching online for the green deco and they are linked to us via our social media don't forget if you'd like to work with us or sponsor us you can email us naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk so, Lane, let's get up now and go and have a look in the polytunnel and round the plot. You see, you say that, Julia, like it's dead easy. You know, as you get older, yeah. suddenly <laughs> things don't work, including your knees. And uh, prior warning is not a bad thing. That's all I'm going to say. Because okay. yeah. it, I'm a bit like Miranda as well. That's another thing that when you get up out of these plastic chairs that <laughs> I donated to you, my backside sticks in them. <laughs> I'll be walking round attached to a chair. Not a bad thing, really. All right, then. Five-minute warning. Get yourself up. <laughs> So we're heading towards the polytunnel. As you can see, Elaine, the dahlias are out and they are looking magnificent. They are. Actually, I don't think I can beat them. It's not a competition, Julia, so no. you've not won. But I think things are looking healthy because of all the rain that we've had. <laughs> You've still not won. All right, then. OK, come in the polytunnel then. I'm sure I can beat you on tomatoes. I bet you can. That is so funny. That reminds me. That reminds me of the biggest con that ever was last year. What was that? When I, I told everybody that they'd all got to grow them. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Ape gooseberries. Yeah. You can't beat them. Yeah, you, you, <gasps> you were very successful with them, weren't you? Yeah, and, um, and you grew that many that then you had to tell everyone they were the new super fruit. I think that they are. them away. And they are. They're super and they do look magnificent. Yeah. Look at that, though. They've got some, you've got some whoppers down here. I have. And they're nearly ready. Do you know how you know when they're ready? Give them a squeeze. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, the um, outside, the pa- it goes all papery and see-throughy. Okay. And then, as soon as you touch it, it's ready to drop into your hand. Okay. That's how you know. I've got a melon here, and it dropped in my hand this morning. So I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to let you guys try it. That'll do. Now then, that's, that's lovely. Isn't that'll it? do for lunch, won't it? What a beauty! Thank you. 
Yeah, well done, Julia. Right. As well, look at all these tomatoes. These are dead happy. Uh, Gareth, you're growing tomatoes in your little greenhouse, aren't you? And didn't you say you've had a bit of disaster with your Beefmaster? A disaster with the Beefmaster? A disaster like with the Beefmaster. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut him one. And I think the reason he's had problems is because of the size of the Beefmaster that they grow, they do need a lot of moisture going into them. Otherwise, if there's any kind of um, problem with the flow of water, whatever, they are prone to blossom end rot. And I think the fact that I grow them in the ground means that they can always search out that moisture. And I love the scaffolding that you put Thank up you. round about. They, yeah. They've worked a treat because all the years I've known you, you've strung them up, you've hung them up, you've done everything to try to keep the weight of the fruit upright. Look at that. That's for you. I'll keep him going all week, yeah. won't it? Yeah. Actually, should I give him this as well and then see how we can handle both? It balances out, doesn't there it? Go, yeah. Right. Okay. <gasps> oh my gosh. Now what? I'm looking at your peppers. That, they're, they're absolutely brilliant, Julia. Thank I you. don't think I've ever seen them as good as this. No, well. You normally do the, the and, long sweet peppers. I normally do the long sweet ones, but um, I wanted some with a kind of thicker wall to them so they were juicier and fleshier. Okay. And I decided to grow these um, bell pepper ones. And I've got one that kind of turns to red yeah. uh, called bell beauty bell and i've also got one on the other side i think i've harvested them all off these ones but this one was called ariana and these are absolutely beautiful and they have a really thick wall on them so yeah it's been a very successful time they in the brilliant. in the polytunnel this year i mean things have been very slow to ripen and we've had had a lot of people asking advice on how to ripen uh, their tomatoes and plants and peppers and things so what i have been doing with the uh, peppers i've been removing some of the leaves from the canopy just to open it up to let the sun at them for what uh, sunshine we've had i've also been deleafing the uh, tomatoes so as you're going up the plant the leaves start to die back anyway and you can see that they they exhaust themselves so i've just been taking the leaves off just so that the tomatoes can see the see the sunshine a bit more when it comes Elaine calls these tomatoes cow's teats. I wonder why, but they are beautiful. They're a slicing, uh, they're a plum tomato, but I've been using them like slicing tomatoes like the Beefmaster because they have a very similar taste. Now, what I'm uh, smelling, Julia, is actually what's around here on the floor. Yeah. What is it? It's basil. And I started growing the basil because we like basil, but then I kind of lost control of it. So I allowed it to go to flower because the bees love the, the uh, see, basil yeah. flowers. But also it is one of the natural deterrents for the white fly. So that's why it's I've allowed it to grow. It, it is. It's yeah, beautiful. When you walk in, that's actually yeah. what you smell when yeah. you come in. And I've also got loads of uh, marigolds, marigolds in the ground next to the tomato plants, again, to protect from the white fly in here. And soon we'll be letting the, the, uh, the flowers go to seed and we'll be taking the seeds and saving them. So it's fair to say that you have had an abundance of vegetables and fruit and flowers this year in your yeah. polytunnel. So you've done experiments that have all worked, yeah. it's fair to say. Yeah. And now I can see that you're actually starting to grow 
carrots so autumn carrots you've already set yeah so you're making use constant use of the polytunnel yeah so i'm thinking probably putting some uh, brassicas in here um i probably well the potatoes will move in here eventually and i'll be looking at winter salad crops as well so it's something that you use all year round the Plotcast podcast with the potty plotters We've talked about him we a lot. We insult him. Yes. Uh, but we've lured him here to the podcast yeah. uh, in the beer garden yeah. because we promised him a cup of tea. And he thinks he's here for a cup of tea, but now we've rigged him up, or Gareth's rigged him up, and we're going to talk to him about allotments. And we are going to announce who it is by saying it is... Kev Plot 2. two. So, welcome, Kevin, and thanks very much, under protest, for joining us on our podcast. You're very welcome. We know you are quite shy, but to be to be fair, you talk a lot about allotments because you have been on allotments for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose my dad always had an allotment, so as a kid I was always running around allotments, and I see allotments really as a uh, an inherited problem rather than uh, a pleasure. Uh, it's sort of in your DNA. But yes, I miss it if I don't do it. And it frustrates me when I do. So <laughs> <laughs> that's about where I am with it, I suppose. So how long, how, I mean, how old were you when your dad had an allotment? What oh, your first he, memories of it all? Well, he used to have the garden that nobody bothered with at the bottom of the garden. And that was when I was, before I could walk, I suppose. So he always was in there and we was always doing things in there. A good friend of mine, his dad had an allotment on Seven Fields, which is in Little Over in Derby. And most of my childhood was spent chasing, upsetting, worrying people down on Seven Fields allotments. And, uh, yeah, that's it, really. So it's just it's just something that I have to do. And why did you... Ha- you know, I remember my dad having an allotment and, and I grew up learning all things from him. What did you learn from your dad on the allotment? Yeah, basically not to touch anything important. <laughs> which carried on well into my late 30s, really. He... Um, he was the chap that knew everything and didn't tell you anything. So anything you you, you learned, it was by accident or by you saw it, you, sniffed, you, you craftily watched it. But it just that's how it was. Yeah. So I was always the labourer on site, and he did all the the delicate things. And if I did anything, it was never good enough, not right. But he'd put it right, and that was it. So that's how it was. And yeah. did your dad grow to feed all the family? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to uh, harvest all the apples, well, all the pears, definitely. They were all stored in big tin chests in sand that were dried. And then we'd carefully have these pears over the weeks and months, normally through Christmas and just before and just after, and that was that. Uh, all the, always the mint came out the garden. All, uh, pretty much what the garden grew was what we ate. And uh, that was how it was. And I, I do tend to do the same now. I, t- I, eat, I had to laugh. I did, I did chicken tikka the other night for tea. And I had it with runner beans. I had it because I've got a fridge full of runner beans. And I do like runner beans. And actually, they did go well together. But it, it, you eat, you tend to eat what comes off the plot because it's easier to eat it than it is to freeze it or mess about with it and then obviously the stuff you can't eat you do freeze but yeah I try I get off on not spending money (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, but I have no problem spending money on gardening why that is I don't know but then when it comes to the green grocers I can grow that for less and and a lot of the veg I grow is what I see is uh, the pricey stuff 
at the supermarket and that's the stuff I like to grow because I think I've saved myself two quid here or a quid or whatever. So Kev, do you think you're a good grower? Because you were saying that your dad wouldn't share his secrets with you. Yeah. We share our secrets yeah. with you and you don't listen. No, I don't so, listen. No, uh, I, no I don't think I am, no. I do, whatever I do, it's instinctively almost, I think. And I, I listen to you and then think, nah. And then just do it how I've done it before in the past. Yeah. So, yeah, any seed that, I mean, like the seed thing, you tend to do a lot of things into trays where I'll, if wherever possible, I go for an hole in the ground and put it in the, there. And I think, and you'll not persuade me on that, if it can be done that way, that's the best way. Yeah, but then you've always got plan B, haven't you? Plan B, yeah, then yeah, come, come to, round, us, come to you and then rescue the plants. Because we've got them in containers that have always but worked. The stuff in containers, though, this year, you, you were your own demise, actually, because I've now got a little greenhouse. Oh, yes. And so, yes, watch this space going forward so I can grow my own plants. And the love, you know, when you get, I don't know, little tiny seeds, size, the size of a grain of sand, and you plant it and you water it and it comes up and you end up a cabbage bigger than your head out of it three, with less than three months' time. I, I just find it amazing, yeah. and and therefore you know, that's that's what I get out of it. It's but, not just vegetables that you grow, though, is it? You do fruit as well. Oh yeah, I love my fruit. Yeah, I love raspberries, raspberries through the winter. Yeah, but I I think that if you can, they're a good source of antioxidants and all that business. They're expensive in the winter, and they're not as good. But you can freeze your own raspberries, chuck that on your porridge. You've got a nice breakfast that costs no or very little to it, but it's good for you. And are you competitive, Kev? Very. <laughs> <laughs> we do have competitions on site, don't we, with, with you. Yeah. Um, and the only rule that we have in the competitions is that we all have to beat Kev Plot too, because yeah. it doesn't matter who else wins as no. long as it's not so you. So long as it's not me, yeah. yeah. But I, I think that's a healthy, that's a healthy, uh, what's the name to it? And I often wind you lot up to make you, basically, you, you would be your mundane efforts... <laughs> I bought into line <laughs> and it gives me it gives me something to go at and if I don't win that was a good laugh and well I've never won yet because you pair of cheats always cha <laughs> always change the rules just before it comes time to vote I'll never forget that sunflower it's the biggest sunflower god when that thing came what down what that all about Kev do tell well I grew a sunflower now I really put hours into this sunflower I dug an hole as big as a dustbin I filled it with raw muck I got the and I put it a clutch over it that was four foot tall with a plastic roof on it, and I got it up there. It was massive, but my, my down, but my problem was it it was ahead of everybody else's by the fact it matured about three weeks before yours lots did. So when you come to measure, the poor old my poor old man was drooping quite <laughs> terribly. <laughs> And uh, so, therefore, I got beat again. But in all fairness, if the head of mine had fell on yours, it would have killed me. <laughs> and on that note, Kev, I think it's time to make a cuppa into it. Definitely. Hey, how are you putting up squash before we go? We're yeah, supporting very that for bit, you. Very bit. I need a hand to get them off site. <laughs> they, they are big, yeah, very big. I, th I don't think that was... I didn't intend to do that. That was an accident. And um, But I blame Mucky Mabel. Yeah. Because yeah, we I put so much muck in those raised beds, yeah. and uh, as a consequence, I've ended up with a butternut squash is bigger than my fridge. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a butternut squash party. <laughs> Wait, you find it. <laughs> <laughs> you could write invitations on the skin, though, couldn't you, girl? Well, yeah, you could. 
but well to, thanks for your time you're um, welcome yeah we've not learnt anything and um, yeah get a kettle on there right. do you know where it is yes that's a lesson you've never learned really isn't it that? Where where's the kettle? the kettle no don't have a dog and bark yourself <laughs> <laughs> top notch advice no latin included the potty plotters podcast so we've trapped Kev in the chalet with the other lads from the uh, Tuesday team. If you can hear any muffling, we've not held them hostage or anything. We've just put shut the door on them so we can tell you a hint and tip about broccoli. I love broccoli and I grow it on my plot. I know you don't, do you, Lane? No, I don't grow it because I don't like the white fly and netting everything drives me nuts. But I do like to eat it, yeah. Right, so... The big stuff, like, yeah. from the supermarket. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so on the seed packets you'll see, it, you'll see it called Calabrese. So as it grows the big head on the top of the plant, like you would normally expect to see in the supermarket, cut the big head off don't pull the whole plant out you're not going to get any more broccoli whereas if you just cut the head off uh, the big uh, head at the top of the plant then new shoots will emerge from the side so you're going to have littler heads coming out the side to chop off later on so moral to story is just don't take the broccoli plant out no leave it yeah thanks Thanks again to the Green Deco for sponsoring this episode and in the next episode we're going to be talking about flowers. Yeah, and I want to be talking, since you mentioned flowers, uh, the sunflowers, Julia. Now, I know that Kev has already mentioned them, but I am going to talk to you about mine because I've got some giant ones, but I'll tell you more about it next week. Everything you do has to be giant, doesn't it? Uh, Not everything. I like little tomatoes. Okay. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by The Green Deco, is an Amberland Media production.